Tonight I have uh, entitled my message, uh, Checkpoint for the Church, Togetherness with God on God's Terms. And exactly as the title suggests, we're going to be looking at Psalm 84 and what this psalm has to say about the only way that we connect to God. Uh, we cannot make our own way to God, and we can only connect to God on his terms. And uh, why don't we start with prayer? Father, thank you once again that we can be here, that, uh, that we can be looking at your word because faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And, and then your word continues to speak to us, to instruct us and to convict us and to correct us and to train us in righteousness. And uh, your Psalms are a comfort because we know that uh, we can sing to you the very words that you give our hearts to relate to you on your terms in accordance with how you've revealed yourself. So bless this evening, Lord, as we look at your word together. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Now, um, when, you, when you turn to uh, Psalm 84, oh, this didn't be switched on. Here we go. All right, so before you even get to the first verse, and uh, you've heard me uh, use this word before, the superscription uh, actually has a lot to say. A Psalm of the Sons of Korah. And uh, what I really mean by that is that I personally got a lot, I got a lot more out of this Psalm when I actually sought answers to these two questions. Who is Korah and who are the sons of Korah? And to give you an answer to these questions, I'm going to be letting scripture tell you the story and then I'll try to provide some helpful observations. But very briefly, Korah and the sons of Korah were uh, from the clan of Levi. And that is uh, the clan that was set aside for performing religious and ceremonial duties and the nation of Israel in ancient times. This included the priests, it included the musicians, it included others who were helping with the worship and with the maintenance of the temple and the preparation of sacrifices. And uh, now, why the significance of the sons of Korah that I'm going to be speaking at length about tonight? It really, uh, we really find uh, in scripture, a very stark contrast between Korah and the sons. Between, as I would describe it, uh, maybe many of you would describe it, between those who relate to God on his terms and those who try to create their own terms for relating to God, even terms that can sound really good and pretty convincing. We find uh, in the story of Korah and the sons of Korah, a sobering reminder that God calls us to put him first and to relate even before, even before family and to relate to him on his terms and above all other relationships and above what we want God to do and what we want God to look like to us. Uh, we, we really, we really see just how important it is to be relating to God 
based on how God has spoken about himself to us. So now a reminder of what God's terms are when we look at the whole of scripture. And simply put, we relate to God and Christ alone. And the good news that we can be forgiven and saved from eternal condemnation for our sins comes only through Christ. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we talk about God's terms, we, uh, we have to admit that we have sinned and that we could never earn God's favor and that we can only receive God's favor by receiving the favor that Christ has earned for us not as a wage not as our wage but as a gift and uh you know if you want to earn god's favor forget it it's impossible and the only thing that we have earned is god's wrath the only thing that we have earned is condemnation and we have earned it in full and so you know as fallen human beings uh we tend to think we're pretty good we tend naturally to think that we deserve a pretty good wage from God. And uh, what a surprise is waiting for anyone who, who thinks this and actually goes to cash in their check from God to find out that what they've earned is actually eternal punishment. So uh, do you want a paycheck from God? Uh, I can tell you I sure don't want a paycheck from God. You know, you know whose paycheck I want? I want the paycheck that Jesus earned from God. And uh, the only way to receive what Jesus has earned for us is to, is to believe and actually confess that we don't deserve it. And uh, there's only one way to receive what Jesus has earned, not by earning it ourselves, but to simply receive it as a gift. And uh, once again, we cannot earn God's favor as a wage, impossible. So that's the gospel in a nutshell. And uh, speaking about speaking about what we're going to be reading in Psalm 84, are a couple of important reminders on this point. Um, those who have received this gift of eternal life uh, that we see in the New Testament are the only ones who are going to be inheriting the benefits that we will read about in Psalm 84 and elsewhere in Scripture. Those who do not have the gift of eternal life as uh, or who, as Psalm 84 tells us, those who dwell in the tents of wickedness will not inherit the benefits we will read about in Psalm 84 and elsewhere in Scripture. So, what about the fact that Psalms were written before the coming of Christ? Now, while the gospel of Jesus Christ was not fully revealed at the time of the Psalms, the principle remains. First of all, we, we only come into a relationship with God by embracing the gift that he gives to reach us and that he gives to draw us into his presence. In Old Testament times, God's gift was revealed in the system of the temple and the sacrifices that were offered to atone for sin. And this was a preview of what was to come in the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus for us. And to hopefully 
better appreciate uh, Psalm 84 and uh, what it means to have and, and what it means for this psalm to have been written by the sons of Korah, we're going to flip back to number 16 to learn more about Korah and just how different his sons were from him. For the interest of time and focus, uh, we will be looking at selected verses of uh, number 16, uh, starting at verse 1. Now, Korah, the son of Ijar, the son of Kohath, son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses, with the number of the people of Israel, 250 chiefs of the congregation, chosen from the assembly, well-known men. They assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said to them, You have gone too far, for all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? And continuing at uh, verse 8, and Moses said to Korah, Hear now, sons of Levi, is it too small a thing for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself? to do service in the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to them and that he has brought you near him and all your brothers, the sons of Levi with you, and would you seek the priesthood also? Therefore, it is against the Lord that you and all your company have gathered together. What is Aaron that you grumble against him? Probably uh, worthwhile pointing out that uh, Aaron was the high priest and, uh, Continuing on in uh, at verse 23. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Then Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents, together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new and the ground opens up its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into shale, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up. Their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. So, quick recap about Korah. So, Korah and his company, they accused Moses and Aaron of exalting themselves to the positions that they held. 
Aaron as the high priest, Moses as the spokes, spokesman for, uh, for Aaron. When it was God that gave them these positions. Even though Korah himself was set aside as a Levite for ceremonial duties, Korah dismissed this, saying, all in the congregation are holy. And this statement has a grain of truth, but in saying this, Korah was dismissing the special roles that God gave to the Levites, and especially to Aaron as the high priest. So, continuing with the recap, Moses receives the message from God that Korah and his company will be judged. Moses warns everyone to get away and flee the judgment that will come on Korah and his company. Moses chastises Korah and his company for being dismissive of God's designs and informs them of the coming judgment. And judgment comes to Korah and his company. In many ways, it sort of sounds like a, a certain pattern of, uh, you know, what we do as the church in warning people of the coming judgment, doesn't it? And uh, speaking of recap, very simply put, look at the uh, recap of what happened in Numbers uh, 2611 uh, regarding the judgment of Korah and his company. These are the Dathan and Abiram, chosen from the congregation who contended against Moses and Aaron in the company of Korah, when they contended against the Lord, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah. And then just uh, move a couple words over to, uh, to uh, verse 11. But, and uh, here we see special mention of what we are highlighting tonight. The sons of Korah did not die. Now, I'm making an inference that, um, that when the earth opened up and swallowed everyone after Moses warned everyone, like, get away from these men, get away from these tents, save yourselves. Uh, it doesn't sound like Korah's sons were, uh, were standing there, were standing there by the tents of Korah. I almost make an inference that, um, that they heeded the words of God rather than whatever the words of their father might have been. And uh, so something to think about. And, uh, and we, do, uh, we do continue this meditation by actually now reading the psalm that was written by the sons of Korah. And I, I hope you'll take it in and really appreciate the difference between the kinds of things that you, would, that you hear Korah saying and what the sons of Korah say in this psalm. Psalm 84, to the choir master, according to the Giddah, the psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at her altars. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Selah. 
Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a, a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents, the tents of wickedness. Remember that from, uh, from number 16? For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one trusts in you. So, recap of the sons of Korah, as they are mentioned in Numbers 26 and particularly revealed in Psalm 84. The sons of Korah loved the dwelling place of the Lord more than the tents of Korah, the, or as he mentioned it in the Psalms, the tents of wickedness. As such, and like all those who heeded God's words to flee, they did not die with the company of Korah. They loved to sing and praise God on God's terms and not based on their own ideas or wishful thinking about God. Further, they were content with the part, with their part from God, to be a doorkeeper in the house of God than whatever else they might achieve. They recognized that their strength and significance was not in themselves or in their ideas about God, but in God himself as he has revealed himself. And um, you know, there's a lesson for us as with all parts of scripture. And uh, the contrast uh, between Korah and the sons of Korah is pretty instructive, isn't it? We can, like Korah, create and craft great sounding ideas about God and while appearing very devout and religious, or we can, like the sons of Korah, value God's word and worship God as he has revealed himself and not based on our ideas or wishful thinking. We can, um, like Korah, create and craft great sounding ideas about ourselves and how we can reach God. Or we can, like the sons of Korah, bow to how God reaches us according to God's design on God's terms. Now in Old Testament times, uh, this meant receiving the sacrifice made on the people's behalf in the temple system that God gave. In New Testament times, ditto, same thing. This also means receiving the sacrifice made on our behalf, as previewed in the temple, God himself in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I think uh, with Brian last week, he said, you know what? The Psalms are meant for singing, so guess what? We're going to sing. And um, so let's spend some time uh, 
singing these timeless truths one to another as, uh, as they did in the time of the uh, sons of Korah. Now, knowing this, that um, we have our home with God uh, if we have received the Lord Jesus Christ. It is far more advantageous to have the lowest place in God's family than the most exalted place with those who, who don't live in God's presence. And God will not withhold anything good from us, particularly in eternity when we are raised with incorruptible bodies and, and we'll experience no more pain and no more tears. 